All right. Hello. And welcome to Identity Crisis with Pam and Tresana. This is a podcast where we discuss different facets of our identities and how it changes through time. I'm your host, Tresana. And I'm Pam. We did that backwards. Yes, we did. Whoops. Whatever. <laughs> Follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Identity Crisis PT. Or on Twitter at IC Pam Tresana. So, did you do the things you said you were going to do this week? I'm really bad at this segment. I'm really bad at it either. I can't <laughs> for the life of me remember. I'm just going to go ahead and say no. Or, or possibly, I possibly had told myself that I was just going to survive. In which case, yes, yes. I did. Yes. However, I actually don't remember what I said I was going to do. Yeah, agreed. Maybe we need to start writing it down. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> we'll figure something out. Yeah. So this week, we're going to be talking about three different things. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of serious stuff going on right now, and there's a lot of things that we have to get down to the bottom to. There's a lot of conversations that need to be had. Right. And we're going to have them all today. We're going to have them all today. So <laughs> look out. You've got a, a doozy of an episode coming. <laughs> yes, you do. So first up, very serious topic. I have notes written down right here. Amazing. All right. So just... Get comfortable. I'm comfy. All right. Ratatouille is a black revolutionary film. <laughs> okay. That's, okay. that's discussion the, number that's one. That's discussion number one. Ratatouille is, in fact, a story about Remy, a black migrant, leaving, um, you know, war-torn area, <laughs> fleeing to France to pursue his dream of being a cook. A chef. A, sh- a chef. Excuse me. Okay. I think you've mentioned this on the podcast before, very briefly. Yeah. So I'm going to let you go on. Yes, because I've got notes this time. All right. All it's right. a very important discussion. And like, I haven't done, I, be on the lookout for some published work about this from me. Um, <laughs> this isn't really fully, Buy a book, a yeah. critical analysis. But I, in my, in my research, I was able to, I got down a pretty much an overview of the plot and that's really just what I'm going to cover here. Obviously, if you want. The true story, you're going to have to be on the lookout for my new book, <laughs> Ratatouille, the I love Black it. Revolutionary Text. I'm the first one in line, I promise. <laughs> All right. So basically, Remy is a, is a black migrant, right? His home is destroyed by some sort of white violence, um, and his people must flee <laughs> wait, in wait, mass. Wait, 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 <laughs> The woman shooting the gun because she found rats in her house. Yes. White violence. White violence. <laughs> Um, and his people must flee in mass exodus <laughs> by waterway, which obviously a lot of migrants. Oh my God, you're hilarious. Make their way to their, their ultimate destination via water. So already there is that happening, okay? All right. Now, okay. as long as you see where I'm going with this, I see so, where you're going. Remy is separated from his people, but um, so basically, hold on, let me say it opens. With this patriotic, like, da 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 da, of France being like, oh, France is the best place in the earth, in the in the world for food. Yeah, for for food, we are the top, and Paris is the top of that. And then they then um bring up Gusto, right? Yeah. And so in the in the film, the world famous, the world chef. famous chef. And so Gusto basically symbolizes God or the internalized like um artistic drive right okay uh, they also introduce uh what is it eton eton ego basically ego they call him ego yeah which clearly is just the white ego right it's culture it's the cultural gatekeeper it's oh my god okay okay Fo- are you following me? i'm following you all right so basically it, that beginning that right opening setup where you see the tv you see the 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 guy with the voice the french voice he's it's basically the setting up of the white supremacist like model that is like Paris is the place you gotta be if you want to be a chef, right? And the reason why we see it as a screen is because that is how Remy watches. That's how he got his love, right? For mm-hmm. cooking is from seeing uh, Gusto on TV cooking and his whole anyone can cook speech, right? So anyone can make it here. Well, yeah, but his the, the thing he said is anyone can cook. That's his thing. So from there, we get the the gunshot opener, right? Right. The white violence. Well, the thing is, is so it starts. It's you see this rainy 
scene, right? It's raining. Yeah. It starts pushing in on a house. And then all of a sudden, boom, you hear a gunshot. And then it pushes in more. And then Remy breaks through the house, like the window, carrying the, the, the cooking the book. book on his head. Yeah. And then it freeze frame. And he's, the first line is, first of all, or well, he's like, he's like, I bet you're wondering how I got here, blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, um, well, first of all, I'm a rat, which means life is hard. And second, I have a highly devoted sense of taste and smell, right? So that made me think, okay. Wait, is the cooking book the Bible? No. <laughs> okay. You're, you're kind of, you're onto something there, but no. Okay. In my, in my research, I discovered it's actually not the Bible. It, the, the God thing I'll get back to with Gusto is actually, it's not really God. I'll get to it. Okay. But so basically the, the first thing he says is, first of all, I'm a rat, which means life is hard. Right. In the book, uh, oh no, I'm blanking on the title, but in the book, there's this book, a famous uh, graphic novel where the author basically tells the story of the Holocaust through visually depicting Jewish people as rats and the Nazis as cats. And the whole, because it plays on the whole extermination thing, cats versus mice, blah, 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 blah. But you, you, it's a pretty dark story because obviously it's about the Holocaust. And so you sort of get this reimagining of like oppressed people through the images of it being a rat. And it sort of humanizes. I think that this, this sort of depiction of human beings changing a, a, a very traumatic uh, thing into something simplistic as a cat versus mice thing humanizes like dehumanizes the whole situation which then rehumanizes the, the the actual thing which is that it, it resimplifies something that people i think make really complex and so it simplifies you're it. losing me in this no I know. I, I, what i'm saying is so what i'm saying is is that it is his, it's it's canon basically it is what does that is word mean part of it is part of <laughs> culture our culture to depict human complex human situations and simplify and simplify okay. them to animals right animal house like all of these things it's common okay here in ratatouille he starts with i am a rat which means life is hard basically being like okay whatever your depiction of a rat is but basically he's saying i am a, i'm an oppressed minority and life is hard okay but then he says the second thing is i have a highly developed sense of taste and smell right, right? Completely negating, and this is the second thing he says, completely negating that you think mice are dirty, right? Rats. Right, you know, right. You think rats are dirty. Yeah. You think rats, oh, they just, they eat fucking garbage. And he is the the one standing against that. He's like, no, I have a highly developed sense of taste and smell. Right. It has to be, like, if under my reading of Ratatouille, Remy is not likable. You're not supposed to like him for most of the movie. Really? No. He's just, he, but he's, he's the protagonist. He's, no, 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 because I said he's a black migrant, right? So he is, the the story, the complexness with it, the struggle that he's going through is his pull between his art, his art, his artistry, his drive to be a chef, uh -huh. and his people mm. who are rats. And this is exemplified through a conversation he has with his father, which yeah. is when his father is introduced. His father is introduced as, um, so it's a meal. So it's like, this is a meal, my brother. Right. He um very easily impressed. And then it's this is my dad. Never he's never impressed. And so the idea is that the the difference between a meal and the dad is that a meal oh, simplifies like the optimist, the the perfect audience for an artist. The perfect minority. The well, no 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 no. Not that no, deep. Not not no, we're not going there with a meal. What I'm saying is, is that okay. a meal exemplifies the perfect audience for an artist. Remy is able to get like his validation that he needs as an artist from Emil because Emil doesn't really, he's very easily impressed. He doesn't really care about anything. Okay. You know, as opposed to dad, who's never impressed. So immediately he, he, he sees that Remy has this skill, right? Where he, he's able to sniff out the pastry and then he's able to sniff out the rat poison and his dad's like right. now that's useful and puts him to work as a rat poison sniffer right i mean daddy issues 101 101 dad wants you to fucking do something useful make you your highly wanna, uh, talented skill yeah and you just want to fucking do what you want to do you want to yeah. be an artist and yeah. your dad's like no make it 
make money. Yeah. Practical. Right. Exactly. So that's what's happening with, with, with Remy's dad. And so his dad immediately puts him to work and Remy is extremely unsatisfied. Right. And that's basically the job, the job as an artist, when you have to work some fucking job. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Designers that are in corporate. Yeah. Designers that are in corporate artists that, you know, freelance writing, all of this mm-hmm. shit that you don't want to do. And it doesn't really fulfill you as an artist. Mm-hmm. Remy is finding himself here and it's for the betterment of his people. So it's like, it's it, the way the movie poses it is it's, they're diametrically opposed. So if he's, I'm sorry, what does diametrically mean? I don't really know, but people say it a lot with okay. the word opposed, but basically meaning that they're polar opposites, right? They're pulling each other. They're you could have said opposed. They're pulling each other apart is what I'm trying to get to. Okay. So he's like, my helping my community, using my skill to help my community is draining me dry. Like, I hate doing this. But also, but also, like, it's what my people need. I yeah. don't necessarily, you know, need to be cooking. Like, my people eat garbage. Right. Which then leads us to, he goes in this super fucking self-hating rant about rats and how they're just low-level thieves. And it's important to note that when Remy goes on this rant, he isn't against theft, right? His, he says to his dad, like, um, he's, he's against the theft of garbage. So he says to his dad, his dad's like, um, you know, I, why are we stealing garbage? And he's like, it's not, gar- it's, it's not stealing if it's garbage. And he's like, well, if it's garbage, then why are we stealing it? Yeah. You know, and so it, he's not opposed to theft. And I think it's not a moral thing. It's just a, he's very like, huh. He thinks he's better than. He also thinks he's better than his people. And Bougie. that's really, that's why he's not likable. Is because he's, the whole movie, he's just like, I'm better than them. Bougie bitches. Bougie, he's a bougie bitch. Yeah. He's like, I need to get out of this one-way town. <laughs> <laughs> so then his dad immediately, like, he's, because he's like, ugh, I, I want to be where the people are. And his dad warns of the danger. I want to be no, where the people No, not that Disney movie. <laughs> so we're moving on. Um... I his dad see, warns of the see danger them of dancing. white. Sorry. <laughs> Do you, we can get like they're gonna take us off the air if you fucking sing their songs. They're gonna like. Uh... I think I already fucked it up like five times. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So the dad, his dad, warns him of the danger of white violence. Right. He's like, he's like, you don't know Remy. Those humans, they're dangerous. Yeah. You don't know. You don't understand. And Remy is like, nah, he like, I really like white people slash he really likes the privilege that white people have. Yeah. The privilege to create. And he says a specific point. He's like, oh, they don't just survive. They create. They they discover. They create. They explore. Right. Right. And it's really that he's just obsessed with the privilege of being able to do that because he's a minority. He's a black migrant specifically. Well, not yet. <laughs> he's not a migrant yet. He's a black man. Um, And so... <laughs> And so um, the privilege the, the what he doesn't understand that his dad does is that mm-hmm. the, that privilege to just create as opposed to survive is gained through violence. And that's what his father warns against. But he doesn't believe him. So there's this scene with the, the cheese and the, the strawberry where he like eats it and it just exemplifies how much he's like really into flavors. It's like whatever. Yeah. But it's like a very like iconic. The whatever. sparkles. I remember. Yeah, the sparkles. Yeah. Um, and so Remy is consumed by that point. He's consumed by his desire to create. Um, and then I, I wrote a lot here about how Emil is just a really good pal and that stuff about him being like a, a really good audience member mm-hmm. because he's not really, he's, he sort of will let you challenge him to the point of, you know, sort of being like, oh, I think I get it. But he's but very simple minded, one, yeah. one dimension. Exactly. So he's not really like challenging yeah. Remy. He's just sort of going along with the flow. Right. Yeah. Which I, I, I relate to as an artist. Because I'm like, you know, my my mom, like, she fucking loves my art. Mm-hmm. I don't think she really understands it. But she's like, I like the way those colors work. I like the way that. And I feel like that's sort of the, you know, the as an artist, your first few people you get, they're not really going to get art. Ha, 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 all of that. <laughs> but they're, you know, they they can sort of get where you're going. And they give you validation. And they're like, I, I see what your vision is. A thumbs up or a thumbs yeah, down. Yeah, I fuck with yeah. the vision. That kind of sort of thing. So, yeah. I sort of go in about that. One question. Yes. Because you've had this conversation with me countless times. I've also had it with other people, yes. Okay. But I remember, like, I shut you down almost immediately. Right. Uh, One scene that stood out to me when you first started talking to me about this theory of yours. Yes. Is that scene when Remy 
walks into the street, and I think that was when he was like at odds with his human. Yes. And he sees like the rat, the rat poisoning the rat or poisoning, yeah. all of that. Can you give me your analysis on that scene? I know you don't have it written, but I don't like, have it off the top but, uh, of Yeah, head. I can. So, I mean, that scene is really just sort of the awakening moment, right? Um, for where he accepts the white violence, like because he, he does finally, go back no, to the where humans. I think it's, he finally sees it for what's it for what it is. Okay, I think so. Obviously, throughout the film, he is engul- he engrosses himself more and more into this high white society of the chef. He feels world. the privilege. He feels the privilege. I mean, he get, he literally li- quite literally gets it from taking over a white man's body. <laughs> like yeah. he, like the only way he's able to gain that privilege is by mind controlling a white man right who like could otherwise not do the things he's already talented to do which is the ding ding ding. that was the first thing that i was like yeah this is definitely about somebody who's black this is deeper than it's yeah it's way deeper about a rat that wants to be a chef i mean sure the white people who made the movie might have thought that they were just making a movie about a fucking rat but they weren't (laughs) okay and that's just the fact of the matter no i think you're right i mean when you really look at the movie plus if you add in the scenes where the the women woman oh, chef, oh the the Clo, I think it's Clovette or Cloette or something like that, whatever. When she talks about being a woman in yeah. the industry and having to work so hard, and this like white boy who's done nothing mm-hmm. comes into it, I I felt she's some a sort black of, woman by the way. These characters were casted all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so feminist icon. Black feminist icon. Okay, gotcha. Black feminist icon. Okay. Yes. But so, and her goofy white boyfriend. (laughs) To bring you back to the question you asked about that scene specifically is that's the awakening moment, right? Okay. So for me, as, you know, a real life black person, I can say that my awakening moment was, um, I mean, we had this conversation. Yeah. Was when Trayvon Martin got killed. Yeah. And I watched how people didn't give a fuck. And I, so I think that that scene where Remy is on the street, I think it's also one, he falls out of Homeboy's hat. And so in Homeboy's on a date with the black feminist icon, yeah. um, doesn't have time to worry about the Claudette. rat. Claudette, I think, yeah. And so she, um, and so he falls out of the hat and he falls into the street. And now he's, he literally, literally falls from the top of this white man's head to the street. And he immediately is ripped back to being a rat. And there's a scene where he like, he's almost hit by a car and then it's sort of, it's really hectic. And then people are scared. People are scared of him. They're stomping on him. Ah, fucking rat. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And then he, uh, a light hits a window and he looks at the window and it's, it's a, it's a window. It's a storefront for an exterminator. Mm -hmm. And they have all of these rats strung up. Right. What is that? But a fucking lynching. Yeah. So, and I think that, that radicalized him. (laughs) I love it. I love this analysis. Yeah, it's really I great. accept it. Yeah. That's a little taste. Just a little, a little taste. Yeah. But uh, I clearly have this worked out and it's it's kind of perfect. It is. I yeah. think you're right. I mean, it, he's just naive at first and then he- Yeah, and of, then he totally realizes- He has the awakening moment and then he, he finds a way to play the system to still get what he wants and blah, blah, blah. I can see it. Yeah. Good job. All right. So the next very, very, important, very important, very, very serious discussion. Pertinent, pertinent to our lives. It needs to happen. Yes. We got to do some chicken over rice reviews. All right. So I wanted to break, break down this topic a little further. All right. And just talk about how basic the meal is. Okay. Right. You have chicken over rice. Mm-hmm. Cheap, fast, easy. Right. It is the best street food. It is the best drunk food. It is the best lunch food. Like, it's, it's just, the, it's it works. Really it's a really nice meal. And it's not like McDonald's where it's like fast food and like feels Filled greasy and gross. And like awfulness, yeah. It's truly perfect. This is just chicken yeah. over rice. So what makes a perfect chicken over rice? I personally, I love like the additions. You have to have the lettuce, tomatoes, sometimes the yeah, like carrots. Salad. Yeah, the little salad. White sauce. Of course, of course, and you need a, a white sauce. sauce and hot sauce. Yeah. So, what is white sauce? It's the tahini, tahini. It's called white sauce in New York. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's because you get a different thing. That's the that's the where the review con kind of comes in is that there's different white sauces. Like, yeah, you know, there's ones that are. 
basically ranch. There's ones that are a little bit more like flavorful, but I don't really know. I think there's some like I think it's supposed to have like dill or something like. What is it called? It's tahini or something. Tahini. Okay, so tahini is a white sauce. Okay, I think it's usually it's usually based on tahini, but I'm saying because they also like they water it down. Like it's that's true. You know, like there's a runny tahini sauce. There's right. You know, there's all the different types of right. So it's not really tahini. Like I don't really want to be like oh. I'm sure if you went to the Greece or, you know, like the mm-hmm. Middle East uh, or not the Middle East, the, the Mediterranean area. Like, yeah, our our fucking ta- tahini sauce isn't their tahini sauce. You're right. Yeah. OK. And then obviously hot sauce. So I like the full, the full. The whole shemang. Yeah. You need it. You really do. Uh, and then I really like when I'm feeling a little, you know, a little special. It's a Friday and I just got my paycheck. And yeah, why not get a little bit extra? I do a mix. Over rice, so it's oh, like chicken lamb. and lamb. Mm. Very good, very good. I must say, nice. I wasn't like you know, I didn't order chicken over rice before I came to New York. Like it wasn't something I would like go outside to get. It was just cheap food I can make at home, right? Right. But I gotta say, it is the best street food, absolutely best. And you would see like the New York movies. Of, yeah. like, street foods, and it'd be, like, hot dogs, pretzels, and maybe, like, a shish kebab. Yeah. Maybe. Chicken over rice, man. Chicken over rice. And it's always a lot. Like, you can share with somebody. If you're coming in a family, get three of those. Three. You're I perfect. mean, three is push. I'm, like, yeah, I'm, like, three. I mean, it depends how big your family is, but I'm thinking, like, my family, three is good. Yeah. And it's only $5. Uh... If you're going to the right places, it's only $5. Yeah. If but it's way over five dollars, you're not in the right neighborhood. Truthfully, and you should just leave. <sighs> yes. Yeah. So it's like eleven dollar chicken over rice plates. Come on. Absolutely not. I won't go for it. It's yeah. gonna be a five dollar and I've, maybe maybe a six or seven, but yeah, no more. Yeah, no more. So my favorite ones in the city are obviously the one that's near work that I knew the guy and he would like hook me up. Okay. So it's on Fortieth and Seventh Avenue. Okay, in Manhattan. In Manhattan. And then the other one that was really good is the one right in front of the Trader Joe's wine shop. Okay. I think those are my top two. The Trader Joe's wine shop one is really fucking tight. Yeah, not the one on the right, the one on the left. Yes. The one closest by the street. Or the one closest by the... um... The one closest to Union Square. Yeah, like the one closest. Yeah, the one side. closest to Union Square. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely, but like so ten good. Out of fucking ten. Yeah, and if you're ever in the city, like a little drunk, go by there. Go by there, because yeah. you could just go get wine. Yeah. <laughs> get your chicken over rice, and then you're set. Have a good time at the park. That literally, we did that one day. It was yeah. Fucking awesome. <laughs> it was. Perfect. It was so fun. Yeah. But that's my chicken over rice review. Perfect. It's got to have everything. You got to have a little bit of a kick, hot sauce. And I always ask for extra white sauce. Yeah. It needs to like be You need drowning. it. Because sometimes the rice is a bit dry. Yeah. Yeah. No, so then, the, okay, so what I'll say is that chicken over rice for me, it was like, like you said, it was like a cheap food that I would make at, like, you know, in my dorm or whatever, uh-huh. like really quickly. And then once I started, there's different flavors and there's different presentations. Yeah. Chicken, would, everybody does their chicken differently. Everybody does their chicken differently. There's the, there's the chicken that ends up being orange that I think, yeah. I think is a more of a, um, like a Middle Eastern, like more like Middle Eastern North African way of doing it, if I'm not mistaken. But I know I've noticed it more since being in Astoria. Yeah. Where we have little Morocco, little Egypt, like. They, they their chicken ends up being like an orange color yeah. or but even like up to red like it's or even very... or even like a red but it's delicious yeah and then there's also like i the think those greek are usually way. grilled yeah too. well and then there's the grill the greek way where it's like it's just gray chicken but it's uh it's got more like herbs on it so mm-hmm. it's like um oregano or like yeah you know so Fairy yeah herbs. there's different ways of doing chicken i just i love it my favorite one though is when they do, because there's the ones that do the kebabs of like, um, they do the kebabs of chicken, of chi- of chicken breast. So the meat is like oh. a specific way. But because I think we maybe if we even expand a little bit, a little bit, I make might be getting a little crazy here. We expand our to like a nice roasted chicken or like those when they uh, it's like a clasp. They like flatten a whole chicken. They flatten it. Uh, yeah, I've seen and that. And they cook it and then they cook it and they put that over rice. Yeah. 
And that's like a whole new, yeah. it opened up a whole new way of cooking chicken. I mean, me. Astoria cuisine is, is lit. Yeah. Unmatched. Unmatched. Yeah. Very delicious. Very good. The chicken, like you can feel the heat on it, like yeah. the, the grilled you heat. Can, yeah. You can definitely taste the like smart, the smoky, smoky charred yeah. like flavor. It's very nice. Yeah. But like the chicken over rice during work hours or after a drunk night, like in the city amazing but you can definitely go wrong if they're selling you chicken over rice for seven dollars and you're just drunk and you want something to eat go to the go to a different cart go to the just or go to a different cart or go to a deli i think one time we were coming home and we were by penn station worst chicken over rice yeah yeah i can't even remember which one but i think it was towards like sixth avenue and it was just it was just terrible but yeah, that's our chicken over rice yeah, review. That's our chicken over rice review. All right. So this is the last one. Very important. It's very actually pertinent. Very, it's a very serious conversation that is um pertinent. We already used the word pertinent. I just used it again. It's a very serious conversation that it's it's kind of a heated debate. Okay, know? let's go. It might get people a little riled up. I forgot what it was. And, you know, I mean, it might get people a little riled up and it's it's quite serious. Can you just get on with it? <laughs> I forgot what it was. Modes of transportation. A comparison. <laughs> so we've got taxis. Uber Lyft. Li- Uber Lyft. Yeah. Like ride shares. Um, we've got like ordering like a car for you to drive yourself. Yeah. And then you actually, yeah. Actually having and owning a vehicle. Yeah. Um, and then bikes. Bikes is another one. Bike, like bikes, scooters, and skateboards. And, but well, then there's the physical one, and then there's the electric one. Actually, so. you know what? No, bikes can be them. Bikes will be by themselves with bike, like bikes and electric bikes, and then scooters and like manual, like scooters, um, skateboards, and those fucking weird like wheel, one wheel. But those are electric. Yeah, but I feel like they they don't have the same like oomph on a road that. <laughs> Like they, they'll right. get run the fuck over. Like they can't just be weaving in and out of traffic, you know? Like I, I'm thinking yeah, of like that's just for your mansion over in Calabasas. That's not for New York yeah, City. No, and they look so fucking goofy. Like what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, that's true. Like um, I will run over you with my and bike. And then besides that, you have buses. buses, trains, and airplanes. And airplanes, yeah. Obviously, we're not gonna do a private jet review until we've been in a private jet, which will probably never, never happen. happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like a private jet. Why do I, I mean, why would I need a private jet? So yeah, automatically <laughs> private jets are fucking out. That's lame. Out. Like you're lame. Because it's like, oh, oh, you really can't fucking get from point A to point B. You have to be alone. Fuck off. <laughs> or you with have your to have your team. own plane. It's like the elevated version of a tour bus, but in the sky. Yeah, but like fuck off. I mean, I agree. But I know. I'm not so a, yeah, I'm not, I'm not arguing. I'm just like, fuck off to them. Like you don't need a private fucking jet. Right. All right. So let's start. How do you feel about taxis, Uber, Lyfts? Fuck taxis. Like, fuck taxis. The yellow cab. Yellow, fuck a yellow cab, bro. Honestly, every single time I've been in a yellow cab, they've asked me for directions, and I just can't. Oh, no. I really, and it was, I haven't taken a yellow cab in a long time, but yeah. the very last time I took one, I was coming home from the airport from LaGuardia to Brooklyn, which is, like, far, and I couldn't do public transportation. But I wasn't trying to spend that much money. But my phone died, so I couldn't get an oh, Uber or a Lyft. Huh. Yeah. But also, besides that, I think it was my second year of college. So I wasn't familiar with the streets. I hadn't been driving. I don't know how to get from here to here unless it's on a train. Right. And they were asking me for directions. Like, should I turn here? Should I turn there? Like, I do not know. Do you need, like... I think I borrowed their charger and got my phone to turn on. And I was like, hold on. Let me let me Google it. <laughs> yellow cabs. Yeah. Fuck off of yellow cabs. Yeah. So I, it should be known that I'm coming from this perspective of the perspective of a biker, a cyclist. <laughs> um, I bike Active. around the city for the most part, especially for the last few months. For right. Inexplic- inexplicable reasons. I've been biking more. So God knows why. I don't know. Uh, just felt like it really. And so I've been biking a lot more and, and I've, so my perspective of fucking cab drivers is that they can eat my dick whole. I hate Like they are the rudest people on the road. They don't care if they almost kill you. They don't care. The first like altercation I got into on a bike, like in the city biking 
was with a fucking cab. Because yeah. I, I punched his fucking yeah. hood because he was trying to turn when I was trying to turn it. And it's like, you're in a car. You can literally you're gonna, kill like, me. Yeah, like, you can kill me. You're, yeah. like, can you just slow down for five seconds? Yeah. Like, you're not going to fucking lose your fare because you, like. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, I've read a little bit and seen a little bit, like, some videos on how long and how much it costs to, like, become a yellow cab driver yeah. in the city. And, like, I got respect for that, the process. Yeah. Or whatever. Well, it's also, isn't it? It's why are you asking me for field, like, <laughs> direction? I just. It's a, like a, like, it's a lot of immigrants get, like, roped in. And the, yeah. and the way it works, it's, like, it's a medallion thing. So you have to yeah. buy. You have to buy something that then allows you to do. And it, like, it's like buying a house. It's so fucking expensive. Yeah. And then you, ha- you also, I think you rent out your cab or, like, you work for another company. Yeah. So it's it's fucked up, and like when Uber came around, there was a lot of you know them a lot of taxi drivers like you know losing their jobs. losing their jobs, killing themselves. Like it was like serious. Yeah, and so like very I, serious. I really feel for them in that way, but also like the industry should have like sort of responded better to yeah. You I know, don't like I feel bad. I feel bad for that. them. Yeah. I feel bad for the individual people, and like I I wish that the industry had, but also like you hear a lot of fucking shit stories about yellow cabs. Like the yeah. I mean. Black people not be able to catch them is just like scratching the surface. But yeah. they also like they're asking for directions. They're mad fucking creepy. Like, yeah. like but there's no advantage to. Also, that doesn't mean to say that Uber and Lyft aren't creepy because holy so then, shit. Yeah, they so are. then let's move forward. I had one. I stopped using Uber a while ago, um, but I use Lyft. And I think the creepiest situation I've been in was maybe last year or a year and a half ago where this man took me and I think it was probably a share because I got into the front seat like voluntarily and usually when I'm getting into the car with like a lot of people I'll take the front seat like voluntarily because I'm pretty tough and like whatever happens I can you know (laughs) I can handle it yeah (laughs) but I think it was like already full and it was getting into the front seat I got into the front seat and once everybody else left, he started talking to me and he talked to me in Spanish because I look Latina and I am and whatever, <laughs> you know. But so we started talking in Spanish and I think he was trying to hit on me. And I was like, I told him I have a girlfriend, like, yeah, hop off. And then he started asking me questions about how I'm a lesbian. Like, what does that entail? Uh. And just these really weird, creepy questions. Was it like genuine curiosity or was it like no, sleaze bag? It was sleaze bag questions like, how do you do it? Like, uh, terrible. But then he proceeded to like, basically, he wouldn't let me out without me giving him my number uh, and like promising to see him at some point. And I was just like, you know, I went into. Flight or flight. Yeah. And I gave him my number with like one number wrong. Yeah. Um, and I think I told him my phone was dead or whatever. And he couldn't call me. And then I made him drop me off. Like around the block. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to my friend's house or something like that. Yeah. But it was creepy. Yeah, it was so wild. creepy. I was so uncomfortable that night. Yeah. And I feel like for the next few months, I was like making sure that no creepy man is coming into my house. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah uncomfortable, like to say the least. Yeah, it made me so uncomfortable because I like what it's not okay for people to ask me that, but when you're like, because we were just talking as two fellow Latinos about something, and then he he threw that in there, and I just immediately like made he threw me in feel. The, the lesbian thing, or he threw in the the number thing, all of it. Oh, just all Yeah, of I like, think because we started having a conversation based on, like, the music or something. And then it just, like, escalated quickly. Yikes, man. Yeah. Yeah, so lifts are definitely possible. And then there's also, like, the people you're getting into the car with. Ugh, yeah, because we're poor, so we do the share a lot. One time we got in, I don't know if you were with me, with, like, that stripper from, like, uptown or whatever she was coming oh i think it was just me but we were coming to back to the story and she was just fucking hammer and she was yeah. talking to me about being a stripper without saying she was a stripper she was talking <laughs> about herself like she was like this high-end waitress oh and the driver i think he was like yeah i've driven her before she's a stripper oh, oh. <laughs> I, fr- I hope your sis is doing all right yeah she lives very nearby i think she was trying to be my friend that night i was like not feeling it <laughs> 
Yeah. So yeah, it's like the people you get in the car with, it can be anything. I don't know. I don't really ride often. And when I do ride, I always have my headphones in. I don't really like engage. But they're so expensive is the thing. They're super expensive. And they've only gotten more expensive since the pandemic, which makes like no fucking sense. No sense. I think there was a time where it was very convenient. And now it's like, if I'm going out and no, I'm going to come back late. I have to budget it in. Yeah, 100%. Like, oh, okay, so I can't have yeah. that many drinks tonight like, yeah. because I have to Uber home. Yeah, no, so it's not really, like, that great. And then there's actually buying a car. No, there's the the renting car Oh, services. renting a car. No, right, renting a car. Renting a car. So I did have the car to go services, and I had a zip car for a while, Um, but it's very much – I have my driver's license, so I can drive. So if I ever need to run an errand, pick up furniture – um, whatever it is, and with my car to go, it was like if I was coming back home yeah. late. And car to go, car to go is those are those little. They have like smart cars. Smart cars, so they're like little tinies, and but they're like reliable when you really just need two people to get somewhere. Yeah. you know. But uh, no, super reliable. They left the city right before coronavirus hit. So yeah. I mean, like, good for them. They would have lost, <laughs> or they would have gained. Who knows? Whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think Revel kind of goes in this too. It kind of works. Revels and city bikes. Yeah, like ride shares. Yeah. Because yeah. there's also the scooters that you can rent that are all over trashing my city of Richmond. Yeah. So, so it's uh, the subscriptions. I think they're great. I think they're wonderful for yeah. like people that can't buy or don't really have the necessity to buy. Like I don't have to pay parking or pay insurance or anything. But if I need a car, I can just go get one. Yeah. Car to go will truly be missed. Yeah. I hope they come back. Because it's they like they were really useful and I feel like people were using yeah. them. Yeah. And the biggest difference between car to go and zip car is that you can park them wherever, which is significant because if I'm going to get a zip car or any of the ones like it, yeah. I have to plan out like going to the zip car, riding the zip car, driving the zip car back to its location and then coming back home. Yeah. Which is like excessive. But the car to go, I could pick it up in Brooklyn, drop it off in Queens. Take the train later. It doesn't matter. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the same way Rebel tiny, works. so it fit anywhere. Yeah. You could just get the best parking spaces. Oh, yeah. Now, my favorite one was Pam just parked on the edge, like, the very edge of a block, like, right in between, like, <laughs> another car and, like, a pile of trash. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. It was sick. Yeah. And I think we maybe I got party. one ticket, like, ever. Yeah. But yeah. it was like I was using it constantly. Yeah, it was constantly. It was, I think that was probably the money well spent, like, when that was going yeah. on. Because um, also, like, it's... It was cheaper than an Uber or a Lyft. Yeah. And then to bring it in with the next, you know, the next thing is, like, it's it's an hour on the train to yeah. get from Brooklyn to Queens. To Queens. It was 15 minutes in the car. 10. 15 if minutes. If you were really... Yeah. If you really had a good night of no traffic. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. It was so lit. Adjacent boroughs. 15 minute drive and we lived next to the highway the school was next to the highway it was a quick like one go yeah it was perfect and but taking the train at midnight or like however late it was was impossible yeah speaking of trains well owning a car we i guess we should owning a car yeah sure we'll do the owning a car yeah don't not in the city not in the city i think owning a car i've been thinking more and more about it yeah I love the idea of having a vehicle. It's a great like idea. Convenience, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But then what it boils down to is cost. 100%. Like you have to buy the car mm-hmm. and cars are fucking expensive. Yeah. Like $15,000 to start. Yeah. Obviously you can buy a used car for less. But then maintenance and. Exactly. Yeah. And then you have to pay for the insurance. Yeah. And then you have to maintenance and oil changes and, and gas. Gas and parking and whatever it is. And by that point you do that, like you might as well just And you can buy a car pretty cheap, but then it's everything else on top. Like yeah. ugh. And then it really comes down to do you really need it? Yeah. Um and I think during there was like a moment in during coronavirus that I was like, fuck, I might just do it. Yeah. Just so we could get out of the city every so often. Um, but I think once we leave the city, wherever, I mean, anywhere else would need a car. Like anywhere else, literally anywhere else. Yeah. I don't think it, it, it wouldn't be a conversation. But here, 
it also isn't a conversation. It's not really worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah. I mean, but if you already have one and you move to the city, then you're then you're, you're fine. Lit. That is the perfect situation because you're already fine. you've already put that into your life. You've already acquainted for that money. Yeah. And so you're not really gonna miss it. And then also you get a car, and that means that you don't have to like. You, you can know, leave the city whenever you, you can leave want. The city whenever like, you want. You can get to like small, you know, local locations. You can go to Philadelphia for the day. You can go to Boston for the day. Like, (laughs) yeah, you can leave the city whenever you want. And then you can also, you can travel between like local locations like pretty quickly. Like, yeah. So, like, we could adjacent doing laundry. Well, no, I'm thinking like little small shit. Like, doing laundry (laughs) would be lit because you could just drive the fucking laundry over to the laundromat. Yeah. You know, you already have it loaded into your car. Like, little tiny, like, little, little tiny shit or big trips that you can like just leave the city. Day to day is not really that great. Like commuting is not really that great because yeah. you got to do gas, you got to do Convenient. traffic, you got to do, you know, yeah. all that stuff. So it's, it ends up not really being worth it. But if you got one, you got one. Yeah. The train. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the train. The fucking train. So we've talked a little bit about the train. I think yeah. when we had our COVID episode or sometime when we were talking about COVID. The trains are, okay, so New York City has the best train system in the United States, which is downright sad. Mm-hmm. just sad Pitiful. the fact that no other city has developed their train system in the same way disgusting pitiful like super sad the ghetto talk truly. to your freaking local government and get yeah. it done because this is ridiculous you need a train yeah and like very effective bus systems because mm-hmm. the bus is very convenient very. if you don't have a car yeah the bus is super convenient between buses and trains people could get everywhere they need to go yeah truly because the, the the way the system works is that the buses are like a localized thing or the way it works when it works like perfectly. Because there's also in deeper Queens, like there's no fucking trains and everybody has to rely on the bus if you don't yeah. have a car, which is fucked up. But when it when they work perfectly together, the idea is that so you if you need to go far, far yeah, you'll hop on the train and then you'll within one, two, three stops, you're where you need to go, you know, further away. And then buses is like a localized place. So like this street to this street taking you inwards yeah you know into deeper parts of the community that's a dope idea you know mm-hmm. but the way it fucking was carried out yeah by the white men who were put in charge well i think in many cities i've experienced like a few different public yeah. transportations the way it works is very much bringing the suburbs in to the city so it's not about like cross borough is like what we would call it here in new york city cross borough um transportation it's more about getting people in the suburbs to come to work in the city and then sending them back. and then sending them them out and you know for that purpose i think new york's is fine i think dc's is fine okay even like i'd venture out to say atlanta's is okay <laughs> okay. Okay. You get an okay, Miss Marta. What about Chicago? I don't. I think it was okay. Oh. Yeah, it it was fine. Okay. Yeah, the L. But it could be better. It could be so much more developed. I think this was something that was developed in, during industrialization. That was just like the thought was everybody was branching outwards, and we need them to come into the city to get work done. And then they can go live in their white picket fences still. Yeah. But then the cross boroughs just never got developed well. And then the cross cities never got developed well. There's Amtrak. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Well, then the, the, there's the, the, the commuter line for Jersey. Yeah. Uh, most cities have commuter lines of some sort. Yeah. And that's usually the only thing they have, the commuter lines. Like, yeah. we have the subway system. Yeah. Well, and the and the subway system, like, when you look at the way it's built, you'll notice that, like, people coming from... Because it's usually, like, you're bringing poorer people from the boroughs into work, into the city. Or rich people. Well, well the commuter rich, lines well, is yeah, usually... Commuter, com- that's, yeah, but I don't, I don't mean the commuter Sorry. lines. I'm, I'm talking about, like, the, the localized trains. Because... Truthfully, like New York system is pretty complex and like yeah. kind of really dope and cool. It's just fucked. Um, but so the yeah. the way it works is like so all of these they it's centered on it's centralized on Manhattan. So right. like most trains go through Manhattan. Yeah. Um, because they wanted to come bring these poor people to come work in Manhattan. But there is no way, like there is no way to get from fucking Queens to Brooklyn without the G train. Yeah, and the like, G train stops in Long Island City, which is the very beginning. 
Exactly. Of queens. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like... And barely counts as queens anymore. Like I mean, Barely. Yeah, exactly. So it's like the technology is obviously there. Yeah. But it's not being... It's, it's not under, being actualized. It's underdeveloped and then underfunded. Yes. And on top of that, we got to talk about the cost. It gets more expensive with time. It's so expensive. And then you're making poor people buy cars to be able to get from point A to point B. Yeah. Where they could be taking the train, but the train's expensive. Yeah. And it's an added cost. The like, fact that two think about it. Yes, it's two seventy five a trip. If you have a monthly, it's a hundred and twenty. Yeah. Twelve months, that's hold on. <laughs> I thought I could do the math in my head, but basic math doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. So 120 times 12 months yeah. is fourteen hundred dollars. Fourteen forty. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot of money. Fourteen forty. You might as well buy a two thousand dollar car. Yeah, and then you don't have to pay any more monthlies. Yeah. Well, well, you pay insurance. Of course, we've talked about this, but but it works out because you're spending so much. The amount of money we saved over Corona, just not having to fucking give it to the MTA. Yeah. Like, but people do cost differently. I will say in DC, it's the trains are super expensive. You you pay like a in cost and an out cost what i remember getting stuck because i didn't have enough money to like to leave to leave yeah what (laughs) it makes zero sense that's but that's extortion but the buses is like a dollar fifty so you could be in like northern virginia Uh and just be taking the buses and it's a dollar fifty okay all right so you think they're like like extorting rich people (laughs) to get that i can't even begin to explain how their cost system works it's so complicated i never understand it wow but what i did like of it was the bus the bus bus is like super cheap that's the thing here is that everything's the same every well that's what's you know kind of like is that everything's the same but also the express buses are like six fucking dollars yeah, like six fifty or something. Yeah, they're like expensive. Yeah, and like I remember one time, like I accidentally got caught on one of those, and I put my card in, and it was when I was like really poor, like I was like really scrambling for money, and it took six of my dollars, and I ended up like it skipped my stop, and I was just like, "Fuck!" Like, oh my god, I'm on this train headed That's nowhere. The worst. Like- That's the worst. No, I will say getting the bus system right here in New York took a while. Like, it's really not until we lived in Queens that we understood how it really works. How it really works. Well, because Brooklyn is not good for it. Like, there's so so many trains. So, well, yes. And I think it's so their bus system is maybe underdeveloped, underfunded, under fucks given. I don't know. But it's (laughs) undercommunicated. Because there's no. I remember I waited. Like, one time I was trying to catch a bus, like a different time, I was trying to catch a bus in Brooklyn. And it was like, some bus stops they skip because yeah. of the whole express thing but so you, like yes no and you're just th- not that's my one memory like you the... don't know when the fucking bus skips or when it doesn't yeah that's one of my only memories from a bus in brooklyn was being on one of those that skipped you? my stop and i was like um excuse me i need to get off and oh no i'm talking about waiting so like on the outside waiting for the bus and you're oh. at the bus station and it literally is like the bus is not going to stop at this Even station. though it's the same one that you need. Yes, it's even so though it's weird. the same one I need. And even though I'm standing here clearly yeah. in need of a bus, yeah, they won't stop. And it's so no fucking agreed. weird. So public transportation could be good and is a good solution. I'm very pro public transportation. Very pro, yeah. Like if, we, if I'm going out with my friends, I'm like the first one to be like, yeah, let's just take a train from here to here. Yeah. Um, unless we're feeling bougie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's underdeveloped and and it shouldn't be and it shouldn't be it really should be something we focus on because it could save the planet like if it could cars are destroying the atmosphere um and yeah we pay too much and now it's closing at 1 a.m and i'm not gonna go on that rant yeah i think it's fucking ridiculous ridiculous. it really ends our parties at 10 like yeah it's really whack it's really whack all right and then bikes are awesome bikes are great um the thing is is that (laughs) bikes are awesome if the drivers on the road fucking respected my life 
Yeah. Bikes would be perfect. I mean, bikes are really truthfully the solution to like small city living. I mean, not small city living. City living. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing is that obviously New York City is like a but bi- small a, distance. Small distance. Yeah. Because New York City is like a bigger city with a lot of shit going on. Yeah. But like getting around Queens, I can pretty much just use my bike. And even like if I'm going to like um, the northern part, part of, of Brooklyn. Manhattan. Oh, well, northern Brooklyn. Yes. But also like the northern part of Manhattan mm-hmm. even. Like I can get over that bridge and then I'm I'm good. I can go anywhere really. And plus, once you're in Manhattan, it's really, it's actually like really, it's, it's way really simpler easy. to bike around because yeah. of the grid. So the only thing is that fucking drivers are aggressive small. and it's scary. a very small city, like Manhattan. I feel like oh, when Manhattan, we yeah. biked it, it was very like yeah, you can bike calm. around easy. The only but thing it is, is the, the drivers, the the fucking drivers. People are aggressive ass drivers here. Yeah, and the other fucking day we have city limit, like what is it, city speed limit of twenty five, and I think that fuck off. Yeah, twenty five. I I go fuck. I go faster than twenty five on my bike. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I'm kidding, but no. So the other day, uh, Pam and I are going down Steinway, and if any of you know it, it's like a really busy street. There's hell. There's always people double parking, triple parking on that street. There's buses. There's delivery trucks. Like it's a busy street, and so and then also there's hookah bars now, which have their 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 uh outside dining. That yeah. takes up a whole layer of the a street. A whole parking lot. So there's even more double parking. So there's there even more, is. yes. So Triple parking. Tri- yeah, no, so now there's triple parking and shit. So basically, <laughs> going the street, it's like heavily congested. There's always a time where you're going to have to slow down. Yeah. And you're going to have to evaluate, can my car get through this slot? And so when I'm, or can my vehicle get through this slot? The thing is, a bike has two wheels. As opposed to a car, it's four. So <laughs> it's I also usually very thin. <laughs> yes, and so I usually can get through a spot that cars just can't. Yeah. And so the other day, Pam and I are out riding, and we end up getting stuck behind a bus. It like just stops, and then on the other side of the street, there's somebody parking or something. So it's just yeah, like it's caught up. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna take this opportunity to get in front of this bus, you know. And so I start to bike out. This fucking aggy ass driver. Like almost runs into me because he's like he sees that I'm starting to go, so then he's like, "No, I'm gonna go." And it's like I literally was like, "And how are you gonna get there?" <laughs> like, yeah, you want to go, but how are you gonna get there? What are yeah. you gonna fucking squeeze? Have you thought about point A to point B? Yeah, like B? how you thought, have you thought about really like how geometry works? Yeah, you know? I think the thing about when I drive like a car, I am so especially in the city, so aware of your like, peripheral. My, I'm so anxious. Uh, yeah, like because the streets are very narrow and then there's parking on the streets so my biggest anxiety especially like in big cars is hitting somebody on my right or my left like not having enough room to get through and even when there's somebody double parking and i'm trying to get around them yeah i'm like oh my god i'm gonna hit them oh my god i'm gonna hit them oh my god i'm gonna hit them and yeah obviously like driving the smart car was amazing because i didn't have to worry about that yeah, at yeah, all yeah you're just zooming around but I just don't know how these people do it. No, and this fucking guy proceeds to be just the biggest jackass about it. Like, because the thing is, is just take your L. You know, yeah. I'm a, I'm on a bike. I have two wheels. I went in front of you. It's over. But you then, can wait. You can, <laughs> and you had to. There was no other choice. I cannot, I cannot say this enough. There was no other choice. So, anyways, so the fucking guy, he. We get to the stop because there's obviously there's a fucking red light because it's New York City. Yeah. So we get to the end of the road and there's a red light. And we have to wait. He has the nerve to hop out of his car like he's going to do something. And I was like, what are you going to do with your fucking <laughs> lime green shirt, sir? With your fucking sleeves gone? Get back in your car. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That was so stupid. That was so dumb. And like Pam's like, oh, don't. And I'm like, oh, fuck this guy. Because like, I hadn't seen anything that happened. So it was very much just. Like, what's going on yeah oh now i'm fucking angry. cursing this guy yeah. out yeah no fuck i'm and it's been a lot of like near-death experiences lately on the road like where it's like i just i i literally i'm like oh shit i almost just died <laughs> yeah. and then i keep on moving yeah i mean something similar happens to me like people just don't look people don't look yeah. they're not paying attention at all yeah and then they act like it's my fault and i'm like if you were paying a lot more attention this wouldn't have even happened so anyways, yeah. so that's biking. Anyway. Biking is the supreme way, but you get no respect. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just our analysis on modes of transportation. Yeah. I think. Modes generally. of transportation. A comparison. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So let's move on. To listener questions. Listener questions. Listener questions. 
listener questions. Send us your questions, your stories, your rants, your tea, your blah, your blah, to identitycrisispt at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's get into these questions. What's something you learned this week? Um, You know, people take up a lot of energy. Yeah. People don't know how to respect boundaries from time to time. And they also don't know how to create them. Yeah. And also, adults are just like older children. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and very, you have to, sometimes there are some adults that need to be micromanaged. And you have to follow up and follow up and follow up to get them to do a simple task. Are you talking about your boss? No, I'm talking like, about Who are this, you reading? This <laughs> No, 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 not my boss. Yeah. This guy I've been trying to get in contact with like all week to do a small task and yeah. waited till like Friday at five to get it back to me. Oh, that's yeah. so annoying. I think it's been over a week too. And I've just been like calling him, emailing him and been like, hey, so uh, remember that thing we talked about? Yeah. You said you'd get it back to me and you never did. Huh. Yeah. Funny that. And you have to like be so nice about it. So annoying. Yeah. All right. But. Yeah, so something I learned this week was boundaries, but also, like, so there's boundaries to other people, which I feel like is something that I, like, I was sort of was focusing on a lot, like, you know, previously, just sort of, like, let, not letting people um, suck me into shit I don't want to do. Yeah. But then there's also just knowing what I'm capable of doing, like, my own fucking boundaries of, like, hey, Tresana. Don't cross Tresana's lines, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, don't think it, that you can do something. That you don't really want to do. Because the yeah. thing is, is like, I, I usually I'll get in these scenarios where I'm like, oh, that sounds, that sounds like fun. I don't necessarily want to do it, but it sounds like a good time. Hell yeah. And then it doesn't work out the way I thought it would. And then I get really disappointed and I get upset and I tend to take it out on people. Yeah. Uh, and I, and then it's just, eh, it's a bad Where you should have just listened to your instinct where, exactly. of like not wanting to go in the first place. Exactly. Where I should have just not gone. Yeah. But I, you know, but I'm like, oh, I want to be the life of the party. I want to be a good time. I want to go. Yeah. And then, and, you know, and it's like, instead of doing that and being annoyed at every little thing that happens whilst I'm there. Yeah. I should just not fucking go. Yeah. I mean, uh, I watched the TikTok. There's a TikTok series of how to be a bougie bitch 101 or some shit like that. It's amazing. <laughs> um, but it's, you don't always have to go. Make your presence a blessing. Mm. make it important be like beyonce don't always be there mm, that's good yeah. yeah i thought it was great advice i already do that i'm like i'll be there like 25 percent of the times i get invited yeah no um a rapper formerly known as kanye he said the line <laughs> um my presence is a present. present kiss my ass yeah and i i i, I appreciate vibes. that total vibes yeah being an adult is weird being an adult is so weird being around other adults, very weird. Yeah, it's like, like being in a giant adults. preschool. Yeah. And <laughs> where we're all trying to figure out what the hell is life. Yeah. And like, we're just. And none of us know. Ramming our heads into blocks. Fucking <laughs> 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 eating glue. Like, <laughs> not drinking water. Like, no. At all. I also follow this other TikToker who does like skincare. She's a skincare specialist. Uh -huh. And she talks about shit like people have come to. Her. oh yeah, yeah like the craziest shit people have said to her and there was one where a person literally took charcoal powder mixed it with elmer's glue and used it as a like, like a face mask like a peel like off a peel mask. off oh. a diy charcoal peel off mask i could see the logic there I can see the logic, but that shit don't work. No, it doesn't at all. Please don't <laughs> You're do that putting to your face. glue in your face. Like, what's gonna make you break out more? <laughs> Maybe they're onto something. Who knows? But uh, yeah. So that's adults. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, that's what we learned this week. Yeah. And then, um, in all of this, how do you find time to take care of yourself so you can keep working? And this is sort of aimed at like organizing, but I think it also just works for like in general. Like you know, we have to keep going. There was like that nice period of of all of this that yeah. we're not talking about where we didn't have to work or like, you know, work was just sort of really lax. Like yeah. while I was still in school while you were working, but it was just things sort of just really stopped. Yeah. Um, where we didn't have to work. But since then we have and now it's full blown like, uh, you know, work, yeah. work, work, work time. So, yeah. How, how do you find time to take care of yourself so you can? It's very difficult. 
But yeah. I think I mention this every single week that I take weeks as they come. So yeah. So it's very much like at the beginning of the week, I have a plan. I'm feeling motivated. And then I really try to keep a routine and like implement like new, new things and better things and try to, you know, get my life together. And then it usually kind of dies off by like Wednesday, Thursday. And I really try to hold on to little things. Yeah. And then I try again on Sunday. Like, yeah, it it really works like that. It's like a little cycle. And I feel like one of these weeks, it'll just click. It'll work. I'll be fine. Yeah. I'll be able to take care of myself, like, perfectly, like, exactly how I should. But for now, I, like, just remind myself to drink water, <laughs> get up and wash my face. Yeah. And, like, do start with the little things and build up from there. That's good. Yeah. I think that's a good way to go about it. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what I'll say. It's like I've I've been finding – so how do I find time to take care of myself? I I sort of just take it as I need it. And I think that it's really important just in specifically in organizing is realizing that you won't be – if you're not able to help, like if you're not able to help yourself, if you're not able to like really be taking care of yourself, if you're running on no sleep, no food, if you're not taking care of yourself – you aren't good to the movement and like you should take a step back. Yeah. Like if you're not, if you're not doing well yourself, you're probably going to be hurting the cause you're trying to help. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Like if you're not doing something with a hundred percent passion and a hundred percent like feel. Yeah. Then you're not doing it right. And you shouldn't be there. Yeah. There should be someone else there taking that slot. And like in an idyllic society, an idyllic world, um, organizers would be able to just, you know, sort of lean back when, when we have that urge. And, and so I've been leaning into that because I'm like, you know what? No, if, and what I, you know, what I said about what I learned this week is like, I, if I can't fully be there, I don't want to be there, Yeah, you know, and I shouldn't be there because yeah. I'm just going to, I'm, you know, I might be bringing down the mood. I might snap at somebody. I might not be able to complete the tasks that really need to be handed. I might be in the way, like, so many other things my mind is going to be some fucking where else yeah and i should just be here present in the moment helping my community and so really it's knowing when like knowing when you have when you've had enough yeah tapping in and knowing yourself enough to be like i am drained yeah like you have that little battery like level in yeah. yourself and, and once sometimes gets, you gotta recharge once it gets to 25 I mean, once it gets to 50 percent, take note and then once it gets to 25 percent you're no longer helpful. Yeah. Like, you're like, really just... When does it get to the red line? 25. I mean... No, it the, starts I'm blinking. Saying, oh, yeah. Like, I'm no, saying... I'm being very literal. I'm like, I'm, it starts blinking at you at 50, and then the red line is, like, 25%. Yeah. Because... Or 20, or whatever. 20. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking Whatever 25%. it is. I'm Abstractly, to, like, just know your body, know yourself. Yeah. You know, but just when you feel yourself drained, like, when you're like, I don't even really want to get out of bed, don't. Don't get out of bed. Take a day for stay, yourself. Stay in bed. Or do the bare minimum. Like, if you do have to go to work, because I do this week, because I've been in a little bit of a funk. Yeah. And obviously, I have work from Monday through Friday. And the bare minimum I have to do is get up, wash my face, make my way over to my desk, sit there, and respond to whatever I need to do. Yeah. And then I can make my way back to the bed. And yeah. But then this weekend, I was like, no, there's going to be one day where I literally don't move. And that happened. So it was perfect. Yeah. No, last week, for inexplicable reasons, I let my groupmates know that I was like, hey, I'm going to be there for Monday's food distribution um, and Friday's food distribution. And the middle of the week, I'm going to disappear. I'm turning off my phone. I'm deleting my social media. I still have social media deleted. Yeah. I am not going to be a part of this realm. Do not bother me. Yep. Um, And that was very nice, actually. To not be on call and have to deal with People. all of the random things that pop yeah. up when you're doing mutual aid work throughout the week for just one week. It was nice, you know? Uh, and so, yeah, no, I just, knowing yourself, the what they would say in Marine Corps ROTC all the time is know thyself and seek self-improvement. And while the rest of that shit was a lot of indoctrination bullshit, I, I take that to heart. Yeah. I think knowing yourself and seeking to improve is the best thing you can do for yourself. And so if you know that you're not well, Recharge those batteries. Recharge your batteries because you're just going to die. Like literally, yeah. like you are going to get to a point where you can't move anymore. You're going to be a zombie. You're going to be doing it without any sort of, you know, emotion or yeah. drive or willpower. And why, why would you do that? So, yeah, yeah. that's that's that. That's the end of that yes. question. It's just it's 
know yourself. Like, you know when you've had enough. Right. You find the time by just taking it. Um, because also eight hour work week is kind of fucked anyway. Like you don't really work need to day. work day. That's what I meant. My bad. Holy shit. No, eight, eight hour, hour work week, week would be lit. lit. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie. That'd be this lit as fuck. Still get paid like a salary. That yeah. would be lit. That'd be awesome. No, an eight, eight, eight hour work day is bullshit. And like, I think that capitalism has sort of framed our mind to think that, oh, we don't really have time in the yeah. day. We don't have time to do this. You totally do. No, and I think that's why I've liked working from home so much better. It's because you're not being watched. You're not have to. You don't have to be at a place doing the work, like for eight hours. Yeah. Like I'll get my work done in the amount of time I need to get my work done. Right. Uh, and if that takes eight hours a day, if that takes five hours one day, nine hours the other day, like it just will happen. Yeah. Um, and I think that's super super good work habits that we're getting from coronavirus. Word. So let's move on. Current events? Nope. What do you want to accomplish this week? <laughs> We're skipping right through it. What do you want to accomplish this week? All right. Um. Well, I'm working on a little design Ooh. for the podcast. Oh. Yeah. Exciting. So I hope I can finish that by the end of the week. But shit takes time, you know? <laughs> and ideas and then like brain farts and then it's like the writer's block thing but yeah. like designers designers block yeah yeah so we'll see word maybe we'll have a new branding and maybe we'll have some merch Ooh, Ooh. La, 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 la. yeah yeah so what about you so yeah i um Oh, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling it the art toe thing again. Like I'm really into the painting these days, and even writing I've been into a little bit more. Um, uh, somebody reached out to me about some sort of publishing situation, so oh. um, I, I you know I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to get get back into that. Um, so hopefully I'm gonna finish a couple art pieces. Um, we have a sort of short week that next week we're going uh, home to visit my family. So we might have a taking a, a little mini. Yeah, we might have a super special episode for you guys. Yeah. Um. But so I, I'm really hoping. You know, I just want to take this week easy and focus on the art thing. Uh, focus on getting some of these paintings that I started, getting them done, getting them photographed. Um, and then sometime we'll work on your website. Yeah. 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 Slowly working towards the website. But for this week, I want to finish the paintings that I started this last week and then get them photographed. Sounds good. Yeah. All, All right. right. So as a final thing, fuck Donald Trump and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>